Let's pray. Father, as we come to your word, I just ask now that you would use me to speak to all of us, to my heart, to every heart here, through the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts to receive, our minds to understand, and give us what you want to say to us, each one of us, that we will hear you speak. Let me be the instrument that you use this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. It's in times like what I've experienced this past week that you get to decide whether the kingdom of God is real or not. What I experienced is not something that others have not experienced. Many of you in this hall have gone through it and gone through what I'm going through at present. On Wednesday morning, I was woken up with my sister calling me from South Africa to tell me that our mom had passed away in the early hours of the morning. My sister found her lying on the bed in the spare room of my mom's house. Apparently, she did this quite regularly when there was load shedding, when the electricity was turned off. South Africa is struggling with electricity, and they have this constant load shedding, especially at night. I think her room was warmer than the spare room, and she'd go into the spare room. And my sister said that she looked peaceful, lying curled up on her side. My mom was 86 years old and had been in good health all her life with a minor breast cancer scare about 20-odd years ago. But of late, my sister told me she'd been struggling to walk any distance. And my mom no longer wanted to go shopping with her because she felt she slowed my sister down. And if you ever met my mom, and I mean, Jill could tell you, she was always full of life and energy. And that was very different from what she'd always been like. She'd been to the doctor on Tuesday to have blood tests and was due to see the doctor again on Thursday. The results of the blood test might show up something or not. It could be that my mom was just ready to go to be with the Lord. My niece posted a video of an interview she had done with my mom a few years ago, asking her about her life, and it was wonderful to watch and hear her speaking. She spoke of the time my father died. It was sudden and unexpected. He was 41, she was 39 at the time. They had been married 19 years. It was not an easy time for all of us for a number of reasons that I don't have time to, to go into right now. But what struck me the most was my mom saying how she put her trust in God and he came through for her and for us. She had... I've got an older brother and a younger sister. There were three of us. My brother was first year university. I was second to last year from end of school. My sister was just finishing primary school. She faithfully attended church with my sister. But my brother and I stopped going and could not believe in a God that would take our father away. would take our father away from us at such an early age. My mom's faith stayed strong throughout that time. My mom remarried five years after my dad died. Such a wonderful man. They were married just short of 30 years. 
Jess was a friend to my brother and I and a bit of a father figure to my sister because she was that much younger. But he was a grandfather to all our children. He passed away peacefully in sleep 11 years ago. It was actually 26th of January, so literally a week before my mom passed. And when my niece asked my mom about that time, once more she spoke of her faith and trust in God and how he carried her through the loss of both her husbands. I came to faith in Jesus Christ three years after my dad died. God wooed me back into his kingdom through several different people in my life, and I'm so grateful that he did. And as I said earlier, it was in watching Pilgrim's Progress when I saw the burdens being laid down that I could lay my burdens down at the foot of the cross and receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I'm so grateful that he wooed me. Even though these are not easy times, I know that I can stand strong. Not because I'm strong, but because I'm a child of the kingdom of God. And my faith in Jesus Christ gives me the strength I need at this time. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. It's not my strength, it's the strength that Christ gives me. My mom demonstrated this in her life. She was able to endure so much because she put her trust in the Lord. She had a faith that sustained her. And I'm now sure that she is in the presence of our Heavenly Father in the kingdom of God. Just as we were singing, she's entered into that place where she is worshipping God. She's there. Why have I said all of this? Apart from letting some of you who didn't know what had happened this week in my life, but also to use it as a way of introducing what I want to speak about as we continue our series on the kingdom. Last week I spoke about the two kingdoms, looking at where Satan came from and how the kingdom of darkness came about. I also said that the kingdom of darkness was not of equal size as the kingdom of God. That in comparison, it was like the size of a flea compared to an elephant. In reality, it's an even greater difference than this example. In my first message of this year, a new season, I said that we are starting a series on the kingdom. And I gave the definition of kingdom, quoting from the Collins English Dictionary, which says, Kingdom, it's a noun, a territory, state, people, or community ruled or reigned over by a king or a queen. Secondly, any of the three groups into which natural objects may be divided, the animal, plant, and mineral kingdoms. Thirdly, a theological term, the eternal sovereignty of God. And fourthly, an area of activity, the kingdom of the mind. In my preparation, I also looked at another dictionary that I have in my office called the Complete Christian Dictionary for Home, School, and Office. And it gives a wonderful definition and this is what I want us to look at today. I'm going to read through it, but add some comments as I go. I've also added the scripture verses in full, where it just gives references in the dictionary. And this is what it says. Kingdom, a noun, a country ruled over by a king or a queen. Same as the Collins one. Kingdom of God, a noun. It is customary to make a distinction between the kingdom of power, the kingdom of grace, and the kingdom of glory. It speaks of three kingdoms. 
At the beginning, I spoke of the kingdom. Then I spoke on two kingdoms. Today, it's three kingdoms. Firstly, the kingdom of power includes the entire universe and extends to every living thing. And take note, God controls the forces of nature and the destiny of nations. Without his will, not one small bird falls to the ground, nor one hair from our our head. For God is the king of all the earth. Psalm 47 verse 7 says, For God is king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. God is not caught unawares by what's happening in the world, both natural and man-made. For he has authority over all creation. Jesus has taken back that authority, the authority that Satan had over the earth, as we saw last week. And we'll look how Jesus took that authority back at another time. So we have the kingdom of power. Secondly, the kingdom of grace. The kingdom of grace does not include all creation, but only those who have been born again through the preaching of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. Take note, one, only true believers in Jesus Christ are citizens in this kingdom. The kingdom is governed solely by God's word. John 18 verse 37 says, You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You are right in saying, I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. This kingdom has proved itself stronger than the kingdoms of this world. Many mighty empires have come and gone, but the kingdom of Christ has continued and flourished in spite of bloody persecutions, ridicules, disruptions, heresies, and signs, falsely so-called, and it will continue until the Lord's return. It is called the kingdom of grace because it is the promise of divine grace, the unmerited love of God that wins people for this kingdom. It is the acceptance of this grace by faith that makes them citizens of this kingdom. It is the rule of Christ in the hearts of believers. <coughs> Excuse me. The kingdom of grace is where we live now. We enter it when we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ and receive him as our Lord and Savior. When we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, according to Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, then we are saved and enter that kingdom of grace. The kingdom of grace is for those who are born again. Thirdly, the kingdom of glory. The kingdom of glory is not on earth, but in heaven, where Christ himself shall have all glory. Luke chapter 24 and verse 26. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory. John 17, 5. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. And John 17, 24. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. The kingdom of glory is not on earth, but in heaven, where Christ himself shall have all glory. And where, there, where those who have been faithful to him 
unto death shall likewise be crowned with glory and honor. Philippians chapter 3 verse 21 says, Who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And Romans 8.18 says, I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And take note, the souls of the believers enter this kingdom of glory at the time of their death. Luke 23, verse 43, Jesus on the cross. Jesus answered him, the thief who was next to him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. After the resurrection, their bodies shall inherit the kingdom prepared for them. Matthew 25 and 34. Then the, kingdom will say to those on his, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Christ rules the kingdom of power for the benefit of his kingdom of grace. The world continues for no other purpose than this, that th sinners might repent and believe the gospel and enter the kingdom of grace. The world continues for no other purpose than this, that sinners might repent and believe the gospel and enter the kingdom of grace. The chief purpose of the kingdom of grace is to win and prepare men and women for the kingdom of glory. This, I believe, is where my mom is now. She's in the kingdom of glory, beholding Jesus Christ and the Father in all their splendor and glory. And for all of those of us who know that our parents have gone to be with the Lord, where our loved ones have gone to be with the Lord, we can have that in our hearts, that joy and peace, and know that they are in the presence of Jesus Christ, beholding the Father and the Son in all their splendor and glory. All people live in the kingdom of power, but to enter the kingdom of grace, we need to be born into it by being born again. John 3, 1-8 says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Now I love Jesus' reply. He doesn't actually really address the issue that Nicodemus is speaking about, but he just goes to the heart of what he knows is on Nicodemus's heart. So in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Once we have been born into the kingdom of grace, we have our ticket into the kingdom of glory. But it's more than that. There are things that God wants us to do while we are waiting to enter the kingdom of glory. It's not just a time to sit back and do nothing. We are, to, we are not just to be around thinking, that's it, I'm done, 
My brother and I were much like that when we were youngsters. We had been been christened as children. We had done First Holy Communion. We had done Confirmation. And we thought, that's it. We're done. We've done all that God requires of us. But God wants us to be born again. And then to do what He tells us to do. We're not just to sit back and do nothing while we wait out our time on the earth. We've been commissioned by Jesus Christ to go into all the world and make disciples. As I said last week, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them, that's his disciples, after he had been crucified, buried, and had risen from the dead, and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We have been shown incredible grace by God through Jesus Christ. And we are to tell others about this grace. It's not something to be kept to ourselves, but it's to be shared with everyone. Everyone in this world needs to know about it. And that they too can enter the kingdom of grace and then later the kingdom of glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have made it possible for us to come back into your kingdom. We don't deserve it. We've done nothing to earn it, and we can do nothing to earn it. It is by grace and grace alone. Jesus, you did what needed to be done. You lived that sinless life and then took on our sins and died on that cross in our place. And you gave your life for mine. You've given me the life that you deserve as you took on the death that I deserve. Help me to always be aware of that and to be ready and willing to share that good news with those that do not know you. That they too can enter the kingdom of grace and be part of your family and live out as you intended us to live out on this earth so that one day we can enter the kingdom of glory and be with you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Got some discussion questions for those of us around the tables here. For those online, if you're watching, please don't duck off and do nothing. Please join the, the Zoom call and get on to that and have a discussion time. First question, what stood out for you in this message? Our regular one. Secondly, God has extended grace to us. How easy do you find it to, ex- to extend grace to other people? Thirdly, who do you know that is not living in the kingdom of grace, but you would like to see them in it? How can you reach out to them and share the good news with them? And then fourthly, pray for these people, those that you speak about, and then also for one another.